Support comes from Troy University's Trojan Cafe, offering a variety of Starbucks beverages and an assortment of sandwiches, soups, and pastries, located on Troy University's Montgomery campus, across from the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. In 1889, Dothan was a four-year-old town that became the location of the Alabama Midland Railroad. The Alabama Wiregrass was already well-known for its agriculture. Historian Scotty Kirkland joins us today with the story of how a volatile tax led to a riot, a shootout, a murder, and a trial. Scotty Kirkland, so good to have you back with us here at Troy Public Radio by Skype today. Carolyn, thank you so much. Scotty, you are a Troy Dothan graduate. And you got interested in a wiregrass story that's so pivotal to Houston County history. It's, it's referred to locally as the Dothan Riot. And I got interested in this in my senior year as an undergrad at Troy Dothan, and I was a student of Dr. Marty Olas. We did a senior project where I looked into the history of the riot, and of course at that time, Dothan is part of Henry County. So what happens leading up to the riot really forecasts the changes in politics and economics around Dothan and the creation of Houston County in 1903. The industrialization that we think of in post-Civil War Alabama and places like Birmingham and Huntsville and Mobile, none of that happens in the Wiregrass region. So by 1889, the Alabama Midland Railroad route that's cutting through the Wiregrass on into to Georgia uh, is a real game changer. There are 240 people living in Dothan in 1888, and that number is going to grow exponentially with the increased commerce that's available because of the railroad. But with that increased commerce, you have a young group of town councils, you have a young mayor, you have a young marshal amongst all these small yeoman farmers. And the railroad accelerates this sort of town versus country dynamic that you see in, in many southern places. But in Dothan, it actually leads to gunfire in 1889 in October. What was the problem that was the flashpoint of the gunfight? Well, the thing that immediately precipitates the riot is taxes and policing tactics. As the railroad Alabama Midland construction continues, there are plans to build a cotton warehouse that's managed by members of the Farmers Alliance, which is a national organization that has chapters all throughout Alabama and more than a dozen chapters in what was then Henry County. The Farmers Alliance wanted to build a large cotton warehouse near the tracks of the Alabama Midland. The Dothan Town Council passed a new ordinance taxing construction on new buildings. And so to get around that tax, the Farmers Alliance moved the planned warehouse outside of the incorporated limits of Dothan. So what happened then? The town council met again and passed another tax. And they said, well, if you are carrying a dray, which is a wagon, you know, horse or ox-led wagon, if you're carrying a dray through 
Dothan on Dothan City streets, then you have to pay a tax of $25 a year. That's tantamount to about $450, $475 today. So as the farmers came through town and were not paying that tax, they were arrested and they were put to work maintaining those same city roads that they would have been driving the wagons over. That creates a lot of animosity among the farmers because, of course, this is October, prime harvest season. So having them arrested for simply trying to get their cotton to market and then putting them to work on the street maintenance or keeping them in jail kept them from their farms, kept them from their livelihoods. And so the farmers don't take this very well, obviously. What did this lead to? So this leads directly to a gunfight on October the 14th, 1889. And so the people involved are J.L. Dominguez, who goes by the nickname Tobe, the young town marshal, 19 years old, been on the job less than two years. On October the 10th, he arrested a farmer named George Stringer. George Stringer was the manager of the Farmers Alliance Cotton Warehouse. He was in his early 40s, father of two young girls, and this was his third arrest in less than a month for violating this ordinance. And on the 10th, he and Marshal Dominguez got into an altercation, and Stringer appealed his conviction on violating the Dre Ordinance, but then he also took out a warrant for assault against Marshal Dominguez and his deputy, a man named Parker Powell. And so the mayor of Dothan at the time, a man named A.C. Crawford, is keen to cool the temperature a little. So he agrees to have a session of what's called mayor's court, a municipal court, to hear this question. And that's what brings George Stringer and by some accounts, as many as 200 farmers to Dothan on the morning of October the 14th. So after a morning session with that court, the session is dismissed and out on the street, there's an altercation between George Stringer's brother and the marshal. There's a bar nearby and the altercation on the street starts to grow and George Stringer runs out. And so you have the Stringer family, Marshal Dominguez and Deputy Powell facing off on the streets of Dothan with Mayor Crawford in the middle trying unsuccessfully to ease the tensions and shots ring out. There's a gunfight that lasts a few minutes. George Stringer is shot and killed as is another farmer, Jeff Walker, who was a member of the Farmers Alliance as well. Marshal Dominguez is shot and stabbed. There are a handful of other passerbys and, and other members of the fray who are shot or stabbed as well, but everyone else does recover from the wounds. Dominguez, he made a recovery, and these two farmers, George Stringer and Jeff Walker, are the victims that day. So, Scotty, what was the aftermath of the shootout? What happens is a a bit of a cooling off period. Dominguez and Parker are charged for second degree murder. In the early weeks after the riot, the town council rethinks that tax against the cotton drays coming through the city. So tensions sort of ease for the immediate time. Dominguez gets a change of venue for his case from Henry County to Dale County. But in 1890, he's found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years in the penitentiary. He appeals that decision twice, appeals it all the way to the Alabama Supreme Court, and they reverse that ruling and send it back to the lower 
circuit court. They basically hold that he was doing what he had been tasked to do by the mayor and the town council. In the intervening time, he's become a U.S. deputy marshal. So they wait until he's completed his four-year stint as a marshal to retry him in 1896. And in that trial, he's acquitted. He continues in law enforcement in various matters until the 1930s in around Dothan and, and what's then, of course, Houston County. And how about the tensions between the townspeople and the farmers? Did that ever get resolved? For at least the next decade, it's an arrangement of convenience and mutual suspicion. They really need each other. This small town that's growing rapidly is so tied to the agricultural community around it. Well, Scotty, this has been a fascinating story. We don't have to go to the Wild West to get this history. It was really here. Oh, absolutely. Dothan is is still a, a transportation hub for the railroad industry and running along some of those same routes that were first laid out in the 1880s and the early 20th century. Scotty, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you, Carolyn. It's my honor to speak with you. Joining us by Skype was Scotty Kirkland, whose love of history led to his career as coordinator of exhibits, publications, and programs at the Alabama Department of Archives and History. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.